0: You Are What You Read is brought to you by Book of the Month, a monthly subscription service that allows you to curate your own original box of books each month from a selection of hundreds of bestsellers. Book of the Month features diverse and current titles for all readers, and they make their subscription options easy and flexible, so you can spend less time researching and more time reading. Behind on your reading list? Skip your monthly selection and use a credit for a book the next month. Do you prefer to listen to titles when you're on the go? Opt for an audiobook. Book of the Month has a reading experience just for you. If you're already reading most Book of the Month titles, try a membership. Right now with our exclusive discount for You Are What You Read podcast listeners. You can head to bookofthemonth.com to get your first book for just 9 dollars Just use code ADRI, that's A-D-R-I, at checkout. Happy reading! Hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited to celebrate Valentine's Day with you on You Are What You Read. Today's guest is Jenna Bush Hager. She's a lot of things in this world, a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, a number one New York Times bestselling author. She's also the co-host of Today with Hoda and Jenna and founder of the spectacular Read with Jenna Book Club. Five years on, folks. Five years of great discoveries in the world of literature. In today's episode of You Are What You Read, Jenna celebrates her love of family, of sisterhood, and friendships, and especially her love of reading. She's an avid reader, and what Jenna appreciates more than anything is a great book recommendation, whether it's from Oprah or from her best friend. Sharing books for Jenna Bush Hager is a kind of a love language. Jenna has shared this love and appreciation for reading with over 61 Read with Jenna book selections. She has given a platform for debut and diverse authors, sharing stories in all genres. So exciting and a huge service to those of us who read. Before we dive into our conversation with her, I'd like to share one of my favorite lines from Love Comes First, Jenna's latest children's book that she wrote with her sister, Barbara Bush. The line reads, Our hearts will get bigger as our families grow, because love is infinite. That's all you must know. Friends become family, and families become friends. There's always room, because love never ends. Oh, let's get into this wonderful conversation with the great Jenna Bush Hager. Here she is. What did you read? What was read to you? What do you remember as the first book that you read?
1: Well, I remember being read to constantly, you know? I mean, we had parents, Barbara and I, that read to us every single night till we were kind of too old, you know? I mean, we could read to ourselves, but there was something about the safety of being read to um, that just it created my lifelong habit of reading every single night before. I can't even if I'm watching a movie with my husband, and so therefore that like I'm going to bed late. I cannot go to bed without reading even a couple pages.
0: See, I can tell that in you yeah. because of the books that you gravitate towards and the books that you write. Yes. Um, so, what's a book that you remember? A title that you remember.
1: I remember, well, first of all, being read too, and this is so weird because they read us a million things, but what I remember the most is this collection of very dark, grim fairy tales. You know, obviously fairy tales have a very sinister sort of darkness to them. They're kind of scary. And so I remember this collection of, and I think they were actually, they were grim inspired, but, and this is so strange and I need to check with my sister. She's my, they were like Canadian fairy tales. Um, And so, but it was this big, beautiful book that my parents would take turns reading to us. Um, and so that's why I probably remember it because, you know, we were they read us a million books, but these were kind of scary, which kids love or I loved as a kid. And then when I was old enough to read, I was totally enamored with the Babysitter's Club because they were about these group of girls. I mean, so much so that we in third grade, so I was a baby myself, created a Babysitter's Club. We painted, we sponge-painted the, this little room in the back of somebody's house, which I can't believe they let us do this, and then we would try to babysit the little. You know, it never really worked the way it did in the book, but we babysat as babies and t- completely inspired by them.
0: So you're this child that you feel, as I did, that books are real. Yeah, you they 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 got into your DNA. They got into your soul. Yeah. You know, I, I always like to point this out about you is that you got into the family business, but you got in on your mother's side. <laughs> yeah. Because your mother is an educator and a librarian, and my mother was a librarian, so we totally share that. Librarians as mothers are methodical, mm-hmm. loving, fabulous. Yes. Uh, and they're always looking at – my mother was always giving me the side, I like, Really?
1: Absolutely. I mean, my mom was in her 20s, got her master's in library science from the University of Texas. She had a cat named Dewey, named after the Dewey decimal system. She was a children's book librarian. So, therefore, when we became, when we were born, she always had recommendations for us all the way through now. I mean, I think I love books, but I think what really gets to me is an incredible recommendation. Like if somebody is like, you have got to read this book, you're never going to, it's going to change your life. And then it lives up to that hype. Um, And, and, and that's why, you know, Oprah, who is really the queen saint of reading, that's why her book club was such a incredible um, outlet for me as a high school student in AP English, because I would go to the Barnes and Noble or the book people in Austin, Texas, and I would look for her recommendations because I knew that what she recommended was going to be something that changed me. And I remember them since snow falling on cedars. I remember books that I read that she recommended to me when I was sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen years old and that's sort of when you become an you know you're still a teen, but you can read these things that are so vast and you can read what your mother's reading and there's something about that that feels wildly empowering.
0: Your parents inculcated you from the start this sense of going through the door into another world mm-hmm and i have seen in your books that you you've written with your sister which i'm in love with oh thank you with love comes first and mm-hmm. the superpower of sisterhood mm-hmm. okay that these are these are profound children's books because they're about themes yeah. that every child wrestles with no matter they feel alone sometimes mm-hmm. or they have to get along with a sibling or but but i've noticed that your themes are about connectivity. You yeah. want you don't want that kid to feel alone. No. You want to create community there, and I that's an extension really of the family you come from. Yeah, and that, now you you wrote another book that I give to people all the time that are suffering, and that's everything beautiful in its time, because it's a it's a celebration of your grandmothers mm-hmm. and what they inculcated in you, but you wove so artfully through it what you were going through mm-hmm. whatever it would happen to be you really see yourself in succession to your grandmother's don't you
1: oh definitely i mean actually when you said your your parents did this they did but and it really is from like the m- moment of our birth we were named in a very diplomatic sort of librarian way baby a my sister the first to come was named Barbara, because in the alphabet B comes before J, and therefore I was named Jenna after my mom's mom, Jenna Welch. And one of the things that I really reflected on after writing that book, um, I mean, because they were so such different women and they died within a year of each other and their it, it, everything about them was so different their funerals were vastly different my grandmother barbara had a public memorial people were lining the streets of houston wearing pearls you know holding up her books my grandmother jenna who died when she was in her late 90s it was just five of us six of us at the funeral because when you die in your late 90s all of your friends are gone and so, and my my mom and dad wrote the service. You know, it was just us. And even in that sort of stark contrast, I just thought, oh my gosh, they were so different. But the one thing that they had in common was their love of reading and and using their voice. Because I think actually, when you're when you're widely read you're not scared to be yourself because you've met all these other characters who do that. You know, you've read Little Women and you've seen Joe, who is extraordinary and very different than, you know what I mean? And so they were never worried about being who they were. Um, But what I realized, and again, this is just sort of like a a practice in grief. When you've lost somebody, you analyze things about them, and this could be true or, or false, but I think they both loved reading. I know they both loved reading, but I think for very different reasons. My grandmother, Barbara, um, traveled widely. She moved from the the East coast, you know, all the way down to West Texas, which is completely different. So therefore, and, but she talked about, she went through, she struggled with a loneliness, with depression. She, she lost a baby. Um, she couldn't fly home for her own mother's funeral. Cause it was, you know, I mean, this was the fifties. So anyway, I feel like she read for company she read because she wanted these characters, you know, and she had millions of friends, but there were periods of life where she was lonely and therefore reading was an escape and in, a in companionship. And then my grandmother, Jenna, who had, who wanted to travel, she actually had a subscription to National Geographic, which she kept in this room where basically was an office and Barbara and I would look through it and read through it. And she wanted, you know, she was curious. She took classes at the Midland community college until she could no longer drive. In her 90s Uh, but she never graduated from college she did not travel widely and so therefore she you know she lived in the same house my grandpa built for her in midland texas uh, her whole life until she moved to the retirement home you know in her late 80s 90s so i think she read because she could visit all of these places that she would never get to travel to and it's just such an there's no other medium besides books that can be these special, intimate things for each person. And, and sometimes they're both at once or sometimes, you know, and, and, and so it's just this incredible, nuanced act reading. Um, and, it's, and it's something, you know, yes, they have passed it to me.
0: I love Jenna's deep appreciation for the women in her life and the women that came before her especially her grandmothers. In Jenna's book, Everything Beautiful in Its Time, which is my favorite, Jenna shares happy, heartwarming memories of her beloved grandparents. On one side, George and Barbara Bush, that would be President George Bush, also known as Gampy and Ganny, and then there's Harold and Jenna Welch, are known as Pa and Grammy. In the book, Jenna includes a letter she wrote to her grandmother, Barbara Bush, our former First Lady, now in heaven, after her passing. It reads, and I'm just going to read you a little section that really moved me. Dearest Ganny, people stopped me everywhere, in airports, on the street, and declared their love for you. It always felt good. We didn't mind sharing you with the world. We called you the Enforcer. It was because, of course, you were a force, and you made the rules clear. Your rules. Treat everyone equally. Don't look down on anyone. Use your voices for good. Read all the great books. Oh, how I miss sharing books with you. You taught us very early never to say yuck, but to politely demure when offered a dish we didn't like. If pressed to say, no, thank you. I don't care for that. Jenna Bush Hager writes of a time when there were rules and order and there were social niceties. But in all of that, her grandmother, Barbara Bush, was a champion for literacy across the country in every strata of society. And I think that that is a beautiful thing. Let's get back to our conversation with Jenna. But in your family, you know, ideas, writing, speeches, it's a world around communication, reaching out, connectivity. What you're doing today in your work on television is you're just really trying to connect, Mm -hmm. Uh, but nothing quite does it the same way when I read your thoughts and I can be alone and we could talk uh, or communicate reader to subject, right? It's like the communication reader to subject, it's sacrosanct in a certain way.
1: Well, there's something that's more intimate about it, right? Yes. Uh, Because it's just you and the words, it's just you and the person who wrote it. And, and the reader can create all sorts of images and they can relate. You know, there's all of these things. So, yeah, therefore, there is something more sacred about it. I, I agree.
0: I want to know the process of you deciding to come up with reading with Jenna. I, I just am fascinated by that because that's a real commitment.
1: It is a commitment. I don't think we knew what type of a commitment it would be, which is like, what's so great about (sighs) starting something. You have no idea what kind of lift it will be. And therefore you just do it, you know? And I, my mom always says, and it's such great advice, like don't leave something off your to-do list. If you have an idea about something that would enrich your life, do it, you know, and so I think that was my attitude, but also it kind of happened as a dare. And I think you know me well enough to know that when I'm dared to do something, I'm like, Are you daring me to do this? Because our boss here called and said, There's two conflicting articles, one of which says that your generation is reading more than ever, the other one in another major publication says that nobody's reading, the publishing is dying. And I said, I can promise you that people are reading. I particularly know because of my friends and my sister and, you know, people in my life that we love a good book recommendation because there's something about getting a recommendation by somebody that you know that you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get that right now. I can't wait for this plane ride. Let's go. You know? And so it was a sort of like, okay, so that's what you think. Prove it. And I was like, let's start a book club. Let's see how it goes. And we did, And we were flabbergasted. I mean, we were shocked. We had no, you know, you start something, you don't know how it's going to go. And upon our first announce, we picked a book called The Last Romantics by Tara Conklin, and I loved it. But, um, and by the way, when we first started, I was reading the book as we were, like, that also shows you, and now we choose books a year and a half in advance, a year in advance. But when we first started, I was reading the book while everybody else was reading too. Like, I just had, read about the book. I thought it was great. It was like, you know, it was easier in the beginning. Um, but but my other boss texted and said, holy moly, that just skyrocketed on Amazon from oblivion to like number one. Uh, so you have something here. And and so we knew, and, and that was Tara's first book, but we knew yep. we wanted to share the spotlight. We wanted to make sure we were highlighting debut and diverse writers. Those that don't necessarily- Very
0: important.
1: Yeah. I mean, they don't have the big marketing money behind them. Um some of them, you know, have been working on books for nine, 10 years. Um and I love it because you think a debut author and you think, oh my gosh, they must be in their 20s, 30s. Yes, we've had that. But we've also had multiple. I mean, um You've had over 50s.
0: Yeah. You've had over
1: 60s. Yes. You've had over 70s. <laughs> we've had writers had them all. of all ages.
0: That's right. Who are
1: right, who are publishing for the first time. And it also shows you that it's never too late to follow your passion. To follow your dreams. Um, Well, you know,
0: books are in a unique position for that. I always talk about Frank Mm -hmm. McCourt, who was an educator. He was a teacher for 40-some years. He was my
1: grandmother's. Angela's Ashes was one of my grandmother's favorite books ever. Now,
0: which grandmother?
1: Barbara. My Barbara loved Frank McCourt. And she actually got to meet him.
0: Good. I did, Mm -hmm. too. Mm
1: -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. was
0: very flirty, very Irish. (laughs) Well, that's why she loved him. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Yeah. That book floored me yeah, when I love read that it. Book. Me uh, too. Didn't you love it? Yes. I, I, because we talk about poverty or we know these things, but you're in it. You're in the, you're in the bunk with him mm-hmm. in Ireland and mm-hmm. how he has to escape that kind of, that kind of poverty. And, and it was beautifully rendered, beautifully yeah, rendered, but he was, he was over 70, Jana.
1: Isn't that amazing?
0: Amazing. So you're a hundred percent right. See, yeah. I think you're onto something. I think this is bottling fairy dust because a great story has no there's no profile. Expiration
1: date. No and
0: no expiration date yeah. either. I mean it's kind of beautiful. It's just, you know.
1: No and and therefore like if you I mean I, we have a picture of the all of our books that we've chosen over the last it'll be our 5th year in March. So all of these books that we've read they're wildly different. There's no two that are even I mean they're all genres. They're all types of stories. They're all and I love that. And in fact, we try to think about the year as a mosaic. Like, have we chosen a historical fiction? Have we chosen something that's, you know, we just chose Dolly Alderton's um, book, Good Material? I mean, I, the New York Times called her Nora Ephron with a British twist, which like, that says it all. But but we never, have. Cho- we very rarely choose like a romantic comedy because they're hard to write. They're not always so unpredictable and fresh and and smart and Dolly has got it so you know um I think we try to think of of are we satisfying every type of reader and that's such a fun challenge right I mean we're not going to do it every month but it's fun and, and as you said there are so many stories um it's it's such a privilege.
0: No, it's interesting. We travel a lot, so we know different states and different. Texas is a big reading state. It's interesting to me. Yeah. The Texas Library Association, one of the most powerful in the country. Yes. You know, that had to have had an effect, too, on you coming up.
1: Well, and all the Texas writers. I just actually was at an event with a bunch of Texas writers and it was Stephen Herrick and Lawrence Wright, Larry Wright, you know, and then when we were young, it was Carmack McCarthy and um, Larry McMurtry and you know the Catherine Ann Porter who not wasn't alive, but we studied. And so the the I you know, I went to University of Texas, I studied Texas literature as an English major, creative writing major. That those Texas voices wildly impacted what I like to read, you know, because there is some something about sort of the vastness of the state and um, the diversity of the state.
0: Where do you go when you're looking for wisdom? I mean, you you obviously read lots of novels. I mean, hundreds of them. Yeah. But but like, is there a book that you curl up with sometimes and you just go, I need a little wisdom?
1: Well, always, but it's always different. I mean, The the Untethered Soul, I've read a couple times. The Artist Way um, is something I did when I wrote my first book. It's when I was 26 years old, um, 24, five years old. i did the artist way as, um, with my friend who is a photographer, you know, and it like felt sort of like, but I'm not an artist. You know, part of you feels that that imposter syndrome, like how dare I call myself an artist? But it, it, it's, it's that, and it's so much more. It's like being able to say,
0: Hey, I think, I think you had a load on you. Yeah. I think you had a load on you because you, to say you were an artist, especially in your family yeah. where the other family business was politics.
1: But also every, but anybody, you know, has that sort of imposter syndrome where you, where it's more internal. Like, cause I actually uh, l- luckily had parents that never pressured us to do anything. to but to the point where I'm like, do why didn't you continue to uh, like, why every time I was like, you know what? I'm not any good at tennis. I quit. They're like, we agree. We don't want to drive you on Sundays. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like they're the were the exact opposite of sort of like the parenting of these days. You know, they oh no, were you like you have
0: to stay with it? I stay found it. a
1: note from my mom that she wrote me at Camp Longhorn, which is the camp I went to. That said, dear Jenna, congratulations, we got your AP scores back. I'm so sorry to say you received a three in Spanish, but you got a five in psychology. And I didn't even know you took AP psychology. Like I signed up for AP psychology, had a full year and my, and my mother had no idea. And I'm like, actually, I want to go back to some of that parenting because therefore when I graduated, I was completely sufficient like, I didn't have to call my mom and be like, so can you sign me up? You know, because they were just like, like benign neglect. They they loved me. Well, I, I'm,
0: I, I'm hoping five years in on this brilliant magic carpet ride that you've brought everybody into the library and into yeah, bookstores and I everywhere so. else that you don't have an imposter syndrome anymore. I think that's a uniquely female thing.
1: Oh, beyond. I mean, have you ever heard a man that says, I, I shouldn't no. be in this room?
0: Maybe we should take a tip from them.
1: Well, 100%. And I, and, but every single, I mean, we talk about it on our show because every single successful person, including Jodie Foster, including Jamie Lee Curtis, like recent women in their 60s who are Oscar winners, who are, you know, brilliant, have said, who do I think I am? But Jenna, but the, the, de- is,
0: the, the definition of an artist is someone, there was nothing yeah, and now there's something, something, whether it's a story, yeah. whatever it is. So yes, yes you are one. Well, I you know. have to call the, yourself and the one.
1: artist way is more than that too. Yes, it's about art, but it's about being able to call yourself, you know, being able to empower yourself to put things out, to be vulnerable. And that can help anyone.
0: Before we let you go, because you know, I love you with all my heart. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about being a mother and what you're reading to the kids oh. and, and what they're into. Uh, Cause we, we have mothers listening in and I, I think it's a wonderful thing to recommend and grandma's listening in that want to get these books for their kids. Yes. I highly recommend yours, of course, because I think that they're so artfully rendered. They're alive. They're colorful. They're oh, on fire. You. I mean, I, I just do
1: love Ramona, our illustrator. She's Ramona brilliant. is
0: amazing. Isn't Kalitsky. she so good? She's yes. amazing. Well, there's a there's a buoyancy to the to the to yeah. the work, there, and and also a relatability. I yeah. love everything about it, and it, it's but it but it brings the child into the experience, which mm-hmm. is really important. So when you curl up at night, yes. what are you what
1: do well, you curl up first with? First of all, I have kids in all different stages of reading, which is like also such a brilliant. I I don't think I um expected the like evolutionary emotional response I would get to watching a child learn. I I was a reading teacher. I helped kids learn how to read. But when there is something about when it's your own child and sitting with them and watching them learn how to read um, or fall in love with reading, whether it's through your reading to them or whatever it is, love a character, say, mom, can we read tonight? You know, being disappointed that they can't read because it's too late, whatever it is. I didn't expect it to feel like this, which is just all consuming. Um, so Mila, who is in fifth grade, just finished the Hunger Games series. She's actually reading the fourth book, which is so wild because I read the Hunger Games when I was like 20. You know? Well, like, she's also,
0: she's like her mom. She yeah. likes to be scared.
1: <laughs> she does. And Th- she's that a,
0: book, those books scared me. Kind of
1: scary. Yeah. But she's, an inc- she's a great reader too. And she's, and she, she, when you, it's like, you think a book hangover is something that you just get as an adult. But when she finished three, she said, I'm going to miss Katniss. Mom, I'm so disappointed. I'm never going to like anything like this. I know you think I'm a great reader and I love everything, but I'm never going to like anything like this again. And you know that feeling. Like we yes. all readers that you finish a book and you're like, "What am, What's? how am I going to leave these people behind? What's going to take me to the next place? Um, so, so she's obsessed with that. She started their fourth book. Um, Poppy is um, in second grade. And she is so into all the graphic novels. She read the Babysitter's Club series. She's obsessed. And I am obsessed um, because they are hilarious. But also about humanity and heart. Like, I don't know how... I think Dave P- Pikey is the reader. I want to say, hope yeah, i can, yeah. writer. The Catman. Man, yes. The Catman and the Dogman series, the Cat Kid Co- Cat Kid comic series. First of all, he named one of the characters Poppy after Poppy because I interviewed him. And then he wrote me a letter and told me that. And I, Poppy is just, but she would be into him regardless because he has created something that is funny, which kids need. And, you know, says silly things and like, mom, look how sad this is. And it's like the, do- the da- dad leaving the son. You know, there's profoundness to it. There's empathy. It is, his recipe for success is wild. I've never seen anything like it. And and some parents might think like, oh, but it's a graphic novel or, oh, but you know, Captain Underpants, whatever. No, if your kid is loving what they're reading, you're all in. It doesn't matter. The days of sort of prescribing books to children and hoping they fall in love with reading are done. You should be finding out what your kids are into. If they like to Whatever. laugh. Yeah. It don't, doesn't even matter. Ju-
0: don't judge it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Just give it to them.
1: Exactly. Because once they're in love, they'll read the whole series. You want the, you want them to fall in love with something, not like and not think, Oh God, they're not reading Moby Dick. They're not reading the classics. Like who cares? You know, you're not the judge, judge Judy. You know, so like, <laughs> So that's that's how I am as okay. a as a mom reader. You know, I, I have
0: a suggestion for you. You may yes. do it already with your husband, but fold in to their reading experience, reading aloud to them chapter books like oh, yeah. Charlotte's like Charlotte's Web. Are you kidding?
1: Yes, Treasure Island, Charlotte's Web. When I read it to Mila, I've now read it to my two eldest. My youngest is four. He's a little young for the heartbreak of of the life cycle. But when I read it to Mila, my husband came home from work and he thought, because both of us were crying so hard at the end of the book, that something bad had happened. He was like, are you okay? Charlotte's Web, and I've talked about this before. If you want to read anything that holds up, I mean, E.B. White, the beauty of his writing is astonishing and so yes i recommend reading that to everybody i also read we do read aloud constantly kate de camillo is one of my favorite favorite phenomenal phenomenal writer unbelievable and and so all because of when dixie i've read we read the um beatrix prophecy um Uh, all of hers i mean mercy watson is hilarious and then the other thing we do so yes we just take turns but we'll also read chapter books um like a heidi heckleback is a series that's adorable A Dory phantasmagoria i love i'll read those with poppy every other chapter show practice then i read show practice and there's something about that that is like you know i don't know we just love it
0: you build a person from the soul out with reading yeah you build them from the soul out. Children, their imaginations are so open
1: mm-hmm. to
0: all ideas, all people, all languages. It's, it, so what you're doing is actually the greatest thing you can do for a child
1: what oh, I love. It's my favorite. It's also the best. If for any mother or grandmother that's listening, there's something about it that's so gratifying for you too. Yes, it's of course you should be reading to your kids and and modeling reading. But also that night, that moment of reading to them and falling in love with the story together, or having them read to you. It's just there's. Ugh.
0: Let's have a moment about the great Dolly Parton who yes. I had the I had the great privilege of working for her at one point on a television show and I have never met anyone like her. No. The imagination library, she basically Janet took the essential uh rules that your mother inculcated in you about about reading, right? And which was early and often. Yes. And diverse as can be. Yes. As many books as you can expose your child to. She took that philosophy Basically, and started the Imagination Library, which provides books for children from birth to age five. So every month, these are in homes where yeah, kids can't get they can't afford books have
1: access to books exactly, and they get and
0: they get twelve a year. And yeah. I I I'm a gog at it.
1: She's given how many millions? I mean, it's something. Oh, I like, think
0: it's a. Is it a billion? It might be a billion.
1: It's it's wild. Whatever it is, it's unbelievably impressive.
0: It it really is. So you. You stand on very strong shoulders. Your grandmothers, your mom, yes. Dolly, Popra. I mean, Oprah. you stand on these strong, uh, beautiful uh, shoulders, and and you know, I just want to say to you that what you've done for books is is wonderful, oh, but what you. you've done for readers. <laughs> Great and small is even better.
1: Oh, thank you. Even I better. love that. You love keep it. the
0: faith and you keep pushing and, you know, your grandmothers are behind you. I could feel it.
1: But you know you too. You know you're doing it too.
0: I Listen, I'm doing everything I can do. I am so madly in love with what you're doing. Oh, and you. listen, we support you a thousand percent and anything we can do, we're here for you.
1: You're the best.
0: Thank you all for joining us for today's conversation with Jenna Bush Hager. From one reader to another, I hope you check out Read with Jenna book selections on today.com. She has fabulous titles for this love month and really for every month of the year. I also encourage you to read Jenna's books, Sisters First with her sister, Barbara Pierce Bush, and Everything Beautiful in Its Time. And don't miss the children's book she's co-authored with her mom and her sister, Love Comes First, The Superpower Sisterhood, Our Great Big Backyard, and Read All About It. Please join us next week for a special edition conversation with the great Kristen Hannah. We're heading down to the Lancaster Library Association, and we're going to be live in conversation. And we're also going to bring you the podcast from Lancaster next week. So grab your copies of The Women from Book of the Month. You can use code ADRI, that's A-D-R-I, to get the book for 9 dollars And tune in on February 20th for our wonderful conversation with the great Kristen Hanna. Please follow us on Instagram at you Are what you Read Podcast for more updates. Also reach out to us at Adriana Trigiani at Instagram. And once again, thank you all for listening today. And thank you, thank you always for reading.